Hello, cyber friends. This is Chatting Cyber, and I'm your host, Mark Schein. This podcast focuses on how companies can help qualify and quantify the cost of a data breach. Chatting Cyber features some of the most well-respected privacy and cyber experts in the world. Join the conversation with business leaders, government agencies, and cyber experts to learn more about how and why they got into this ever-changing field that we call cyber risk. Hello, cyber colleagues. I'm Mark Schein, National Co-Chair of the Cyber Center of Excellence here at Marsh McLennan Agency, and I have a true cyber celebrity here with me today. Judy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mark. I'm delighted to be here. So, Judy, um, my question for you, you know, oftentimes you start off with a little background about our cyber celebrity, um, but being a Long Island girl, how did you end up being a federal prosecutor in the state of New Jersey? I didn't think Long Island people like New Jersey folks. Uh, it's, well, if you think of cybersecurity, it's an interdisciplinary approach to get it right. So I think it requires the importance of all different kinds of people, whether you're, you're Long Island or New Jersey or New York City in between, uh, as well as if you're a tech legal business expert to make sure you're talking to each other. That said, I guess personally, I moved from Long Island to New York City, now New Jersey. By the time I'm about 120, I'll be in California at this rate. I love that. So, so Judy, let's dive right into it. Um, you know, your background is so multifaceted. Um, I mean, can you just talk to us a little bit about what you've learned when you were uh, at the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office, you know, at the District of New Jersey? Sure, thank you. Uh, so I was a federal prosecutor for 11 years, and my last role there was as Chief of Economic Crimes, which oversaw cybersecurity, securities fraud, and other complex fraud. Uh, in that office, we did some tremendous cases of international significance, um, some that are in the news and some that are not. Uh, and during my time there, I really under could see, uh, I was there from 2002 to 2013, could see the growing importance of cybersecurity for businesses, many of the victims we were working with, and realized that there were a lot of questions in terms of how to handle cybersecurity risk, when and whether to work with the government, and how to protect yourself proactively uh, from incidents. And I hit a point that I realized that, you know, as much as I loved my government job, uh, leaving, I could still feel like I was doing good and, and helping by advising companies, preferably proactively, but also in response, um, advising companies, executives, and boards on cybersecurity risk management and strategy. Sure. So it actually brings us right into the, today's really meat of the conversation, thinking about boards within cyber risk. Um, what is the role of a board when we're thinking about cybersecurity or cyber maturity? So cybersecurity is a top priority for organizations and government. And it is critically important that the board is well-versed in cybersecurity. It's a hard question if you dig into it because of course management is managing and the board is overseeing. So where's that divide? or where's that line? And it really depends. But the important thing from the board perspective is that they are getting regular briefings from internal and external advisors on cybersecurity, that they're sufficiently confident that management is addressing cybersecurity issues, that they're asking the important questions and the important follow-up on uh, to ensure that both cybersecurity and data privacy are sufficiently prioritized within the organization, that management has the resources that they need to make sure that uh, it is handled well, and also to understand when things get escalated to the board level under what circumstances. Absolutely. 
Um, what recent uh, legal decisions really have helped face the developments of board liability that they currently are facing? Well, in 2020, we saw some interesting uh, situations, including with Capital One at the OCC and some regulatory actions that are imposing additional responsibility on boards with regard to cybersecurity management and oversight. We've also seen some cases outside of the cybersecurity context there that show that boards have an obligation and fiduciary duty, not just to ensure that policies are in place of the organization, but that they're followed and a responsibility to document in the minutes what the board is doing to address issues of key importance of the organization. So looking at those cases and applying them in the cybersecurity context, which is very much a key issue in the organization, I think it shows an increasing accountability that's expected of boards. And then we've also seen other cases, including you know, out of the FTC with regard to requiring additional oversight and advisors of companies that again show an expectation and a greater accountability of both boards and senior management on these issues. When we think about the board perspective, how in depth should they be getting within cybersecurity or cyber risk? Great, great question. And a lot of times uh, you, you want to make sure that the board is asking questions that have to do with uh, basic cybersecurity hygiene, that, that things are being done in terms of how long does it take to patch, how long uh, before updates, is logging done, it, what kind of plans are in place, who's managing cybersecurity. But it's also important for boards to have information about their particular industry sector, what are the peers doing on cybersecurity, what are the risks and threats for their organization, and to get, again, briefings on those issues and have a level of confidence that it is being sufficiently addressed within the organization and, th and that there's the right culture that would allow disclosure because a lot of times cybersecurity happens when mistakes happen and to make sure that the organization is open to addressing their mistakes and, and to bringing these issues to bear, not just saying, hey, it's all fine, because that's usually when a red flag comes for cybersecurity. Sure, sure. Anytime the CISO tells you they have it all covered um, is always- And you really worry. <laughs> time for concern. Um, so speaking of CISO, so, so should the board have a cyber expert to help kind of provide guidance and counsel to the other board members? It really depends. There are situations where that can be incredibly beneficial, but it may not match or fit for all boards. Boards have only a limited number of seats and they have a lot of different areas of expertise that are important to cover. So if there isn't a cybersecurity expert per se on the board, it's again important that they ask the right questions and that there are board members who are comfortable enough asking those questions and asking the follow-up questions on both cybersecurity and privacy issues. Some organizations that are in uh, are more maybe technolo technologically focused or have space to add that can put in a cybersecurity expert and it can help them with investors and others to show that they are innovative, that they're prioritizing these issues. But I wouldn't go so far as to say it's mandated. It's just something when the board is considering who, who's filling their seats, something to consider. Sure. So, so you do a lot of uh, providing uh, uh, advice and guidance and counsel to boards. Um, can you tell us about some of the trends that boards are currently that you're seeing with uh, uh, your advisory practice? Well, so, I mean, the, the biggest nightmares keeping boards up are uh, ransomware and solar winds and the Microsoft Exchange attack. You know, the minute those are really 
considerably significant concerns. And um, but there are also other issues. Uh, we're seeing, um, for example, on the privacy side, privacy being included as part of ESG conversations and disclosures, and also um, what else is happening depending on the industry with regard to best practices and trends, peer uh, matching uh, to see where the company sits as to its um, comparable organizations. And then also in the M&A space, it's another important area, both for companies that the, the board, that the organization may be acquiring, as well as how the due diligence pra practice is done and the businesses are integrated. Those are all important issues to make sure that the company is thinking about and has a good handle on. So, so when, a, when, when uh, I guess a board is coming to you, do you recommend at this day and age in 2021 that they have some type of a privacy committee or cyber committee within the board? Um, not necessarily. It, it Again, it depends on the organization. There are some boards that have a specific risk management committee and cybersecurity and privacy risk may be housed there. A lot of times we're still seeing cybersecurity uh, handled in the audit committee, but again, it varies. Um, the important thing is that somebody's handling it and there it should be addressed at a committee level and then also at a full board level because cybersecurity is so critical to the organization there needs to be full board briefings on that. Uh, and we've seen that, I mean, going back some years in the Palkin Holmes Wyndham case uh, in the District of New Jersey, Judge Chesler denied a shareholder derivative action, um, said the board did not breach its fiduciary duties because they had internal and external experts and advisors. They handled it both in committee and full board sessions. They worked on addressing problems. Uh, related to a series of breaches at Wyndham Hotels. And I think that still remains a helpful decision showing steps that a board should be taking to make sure that they are properly addressing and documenting their cybersecurity. Sure. So let's let's um, change gears for a moment. Um, I know that you're very active at NYU, uh, both teaching at the, the, the law school and, and can you just talk to us a little bit about the engineering in the law school and then what are future leaders most concerned about within cybersecurity? Great. So in addition to having my own law firm that I started in 2013 when I left the U.S. Attorney's Office, I also at that time joined um, NYU School of Law as a, a fellow and I currently am uh, and have been that the whole time uh, I'm a fellow in what is now the Center for Cybersecurity, a joint collaboration between the School of Law and the School of Engineering at NYU. And um, we have a, a phenomenal executive education program that brings together professors from the law school as well as from the engineering school to teach an interdisciplinary uh, master's degree program on cybersecurity risk and strategy. I also teach uh, at NYU School of Business and I've taught classes in their executive MBA and masters of risk uh, programs on cybersecurity and strategy. And I think there's been an increase, these are all executive education programs uh, in focusing on addressing what is one of the biggest threats of today. So Judy, um, I guess this is more of a, a macro question. Um, given all the challenges that we're facing today and adversaries kind of always having the, the, the one up it seems like, or you know, always being ahead of the game, what makes you confident um, or hopeful that we will find some type of remediation, whether it's next year, 10 years, or 20 years from now? 
Well, I'm not going to rest on my laurels on that one. Uh, you know, it's it's been a cat and mouse game for many, many years. As smart as we get defending, the attackers get smart and new ways of attacks. Um, the the solar winds incident in particular was you know, lauded for being masterful in how they were able to conceal their in uh, their techniques and intrusions on many, many levels. So the amount of risk is enormous. And I think over the years, many organizations, unfortunately, are still catching up on basic things like encryption and, and logging and updates and other best practices. And then the more mature organizations are still being hit by these different very uh, disconcerting uh, attacks. So I think that we are seeing some terrific developments technologically that help protect us, but the technology continues to change. The threats continue to change. We all have to stay on our toes on that one. Judy, I, I really appreciated this conversation. Before I let you go, is there anything that I should have asked you today that we just didn't get the chance to speak about yet? Oh, thank you. Um, one thing I just want to mention is with NYU, we have the Women Leaders in Cybersecurity uh, programming that I've been leading for a number of years. And it's something I'm particularly proud of because it is a field where there are so many growing jobs and opportunities, and there still is not enough diversity in the field. And so part of what we do there is bring together leaders to explain because there are some amazing women doing great stuff in the field. and. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done, but we address substantive topics in a public-facing conference, um, and, and it's just been a, an important, great thing that I also enjoy doing. Excellent. And, and how can our listeners find you? Is there a website, a LinkedIn, a Twitter that you, um, uh, you suggest that they follow? Oh, thanks. Yes, so I'm more active on LinkedIn, Judy Germano, and I also have a Twitter account, a little less active on, on that. Uh, my website is German, Germano Law dot com and uh jay germano at germano law you can always reach me there great well judy thanks for coming on the show and chatting cyber with us thanks so much for having me it's been a pleasure mark